are you guys doing? I know. The singers. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Wow. Well, good morning and welcome. Welcome. I hope you feel welcomed. Welcome to the Wichita Church of Christ. My name's Ethan, and uh, I have the privilege, I have the honor to get to share God's uh, word with you this morning. Let's go to God in prayer, okay? Father in heaven, our Father, we come to you in this time, in this moment. God, we are fired up for you. God, we are grateful for who you are and who you've made us to be. God, thank you for bringing us into your family. God, thank you for bringing us here this morning. God, open our hearts to your word. Open our hearts to your spirit that has a message for us, each one of us. Father, I pray that these words are your words. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. 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 Oh, okay, today's a day. This has been like a 12-week series uh, you guys remember that? What's the handle for the whole series? What's the title of the whole series? On Mission. Yes, that's right. If you remember the Brandel's first message, you guys are not on mission. You guys are on mission. Okay, I'm pulling it back from the beginning. Maybe that's a little too far, but yeah, on mission, on whose mission? God's mission. What is God's mission? To bless the nations. Thank you. Yes, to bless the nations. To bring people back into a relationship with Him. Amen? Yes. Amen. What else could you want but to be one with your Creator? That's the mission. That's the mission we're on. We're on God's mission. We're not on our own mission. God doesn't support us in our mission. We're on His mission. Amen? Yes. Amen. What we're going to do today, we are not ending the series today. We are not wrapping things up. And moving on to the next thing. This is forever. This has already been. And it will continue to be. Okay? So what I'm hoping to do today is I want to tie in these ideas and themes. We've been looking at Paul and his companions in the book of Acts to see what does it look like for disciples to try to live like Jesus on mission. All right? And we're going to do a little something with that this summer. I think we might imitate them and be like them and invite people into that story. How's that sound? I think it sounds pretty nice. Yeah. And so let's do this. Let's open up our Bibles. There's going to be a lot of that. Um, Okay. There's going to be a lot of that this morning. Amen. All right. Uh, I'm just saying. So uh, a lot of scriptures this morning. Let's see your... Surgeon General warning right there. If you uh, can turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Last time we, we, we were preaching on the series, we're in Acts uh, uh, 19, I believe. Yeah, 18 and 19. And uh, there's a lot going on, y'all. There's a lot going on. You've got to be reading the Bible. You've got to read this for the context to understand what's happening. I'm going to try to explain a little bit of it. But I want you guys to hunger to understand more. So maybe when you go home this week, you can look at it a little bit more. Okay? Okay. We're in Acts 20. And uh, I'm going to read starting in verse 17. Okay? Verse 17. So from Miletus, Paul 
sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you? The first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know, he really could have broke it down and talked about every single instance. We've looked at some of those. Um, Yeah, like, you know, getting stoned to death or almost stoned to death and like getting up and still being on mission, right? But he's like, this is severe testing. We won't get into the details. By the plots of my Jewish opponents, you know that I have not hesitated. I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and house to house. I've declared to both the Jews and the Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. Amen to that. There's stuff going on leading up to this moment where Paul's sitting with the elders of the church in Ephesus. If you go read in Acts 19, you see what Paul is doing to build up the church there. It is, incredible is not a good enough word. It's amazing. It is just, you got to read it. He's building up the church in Ephesus to the point where so many people follow Jesus that it disrupts the economy in Ephesus and there's riots and chaos and they're just, it just, it undermines the whole society because people are just exposing. When you live like Jesus, It exposes the dark areas of life around you, within you, we know that, and around you. And people are going to respond in different ways to that. Think uh, in John, Jesus says something about like man loves the darkness and doesn't want to be exposed, John 3. And here Paul, before this happens, he decides to head for Jerusalem. He's kind of in a hurry. He's trying to go. And as they're sailing past Ephesus, he's like, I got to talk to them. I can't not. I can't not speak with them. So he has the elders come and meet him. And that's where he, they have this dialogue. You know, the, okay, we've been talking about handles. Are handles helpful? Okay, good. Because I made some. The, the, the title or the handle for this morning is Be Mission. Be Mission. Okay? The whole series is on mission. Now we're talking about Be Mission. Got a couple questions. If you're an inquiry-based learner, if you like questions, how do we as disciples embody the mission like Paul did? And we know Paul did because... He was imitating Jesus. How do we as disciples embody the mission? And why does that matter? 
Why does that matter? That we live out the mission. You know, Paul was able to embody the mission because he clearly articulated the gospel message over and over and over and over. And I think he may have lived a sacrificial life too. You, you throw a rock at me one time, I might not come back. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm just being real. <laughs> Our ability to be a blessing to the world, to all nations, all people, to bring them back into relationship with God. A lot of this, it's important that we have the ability to be the mission and not just talk around it. Okay? Church folk are great with vernacular. We know the words. We know the lines. We have the bumper stickers. Don't mess with us. We got radio stations. We got movies. We have streaming services. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm just filtering something through my mind that the spirit just kind of prompted me. Um, okay, I'm going to say this is a, a line to a song by a Christian rapper that I love, and it has a vernacular here. I'm just going to say, okay, and this is a this is a millennialism. Okay, he says there's hella churches, but hell is still working fine. Think about that. Okay, okay, you with me? So how do we do this? How do we embody the mission? How do we be mission? One, we got to speak gospel. And two, we got to live gospel. And you got like, why is this guy talking like a caveman? <laughs> hey, I'm trying to give you short handles you can hold on to. Someone's like, be the mission. Speak the gospel. Live out the gospel. That's fine. Do what you need to do in your notes. That's cool. I'm just trying to give you short things you can walk away with. Speak gospel. Live gospel. I think we can all remember that. Let's talk about speak gospel. This is about centering ourselves on the gospel. When we do that, when we center ourselves on the gospel, it helps us to speak the message of salvation clearly into people's lives. I think of uh, the one, any 116 people in here? Romans 1.16. Okay, well, let's go to Romans 1.16. Know your audience, Ethan. Okay. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. To everyone who believes. Why does it matter that we speak gospel? Because that's the power. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care what your preference is. God doesn't care. They don't care. Speak gospel. You've got to speak the gospel. You know, if we go back to Acts 20, in verses 20 and 21, you can see there that, that Paul never quit. He And he says it. When he says it, it's because he does it. Paul never quit speaking the gospel to these people everywhere he went. He never missed any opportunity to share it. 
He preached with boldness in different ways to different people with the same message, right? We break down that message. You're like, what's the gospel? How do I speak? One, you got to repent. You got to turn away from the way you're living, the way this world is headed. And two, you turn to God by faith in Jesus. You turn to God by faith. That's his message. Go all over in Acts, all over in his epistles. That's the message. It's the message you see. To pull in something Brandel had said last week, feels like longer. This is a story of rescue, redemption, and restoration. That's a gospel. And you're like, it doesn't begin in the New Testament. All the way back, all of the way through the Hebrew Bible, we see rescue, redemption, restoration. Guys, how is the gospel message doing, being on your heart and lips? How, you, how are you doing with that? Are you centered on the gospel, right? Because if you're not speaking the gospel, if that's not a part of your lingo, your language, it's because you're not centered on it. There's a sister I want to lift up. I don't know if she's out here. It's Samantha. Anybody talk to Samantha? She just, she's on my, hey, Samantha. She just speaks scripture. You're having a conversation and there's like, I just had a quiet time. Right? We know scriptures like 2 Timothy 3.16, like what scripture is useful for. We know we're supposed to lift one another up with songs and hymns of praise. That sister lives that out. She does it. I'm like, yeah, that'd be really good if people did that. But what about me? Do I prefer to lean on my own wisdom and experience? Or I say wisdom like it's even wisdom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you clearly articulate the gospel message? This is a theme. If you've been here at the Wichita Church of Christ for any period of time, I think for years now, can you tell the story? Can you tell God's story in your life? And we got to keep asking it. I need someone to ask me that. I need someone to ask me that. Paul spoke the gospel in a way that was beneficial to his audience wherever he was. We've experienced that as we've gone through this series and read the book of Acts. Can you, can we do the same? The gospel is a language. The gospel is a language. What I mean by that is in how many different ways can you tell somebody Jesus saves? How many different ways can you explain that? Maybe you're really good. I can speak with fellow millennials. We still say hashtag. We still, we hold the classic memes. I can do that in that scenario. How well can I do that with the generations before me and the generations coming after me? What about the other cultural and ethnic groups around me? Am I aware of that enough? Not that I have to speak in the same way, but I can relate them to the gospel. Do I rely on my bumper sticker to do it for me? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. I say we got to speak scripture, speak gospel. Let's, let's do that. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19, this is Paul speaking. He says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win 
as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. Are you following? To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save someone. I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. It's incredibly important for us to speak gospel, to be able to articulate that. I can't stand up here and give you a formula right? We, we do things. We want to help. We want to give you handles, as we say. But you've got to dig deep. You've got to get close to God. You've got to go there. You've got to get someone in your life. So you get to a point where you can clearly articulate the gospel. If we can't do that alone, how can we do that to the world around us? Amen? I think this is also especially important inside the church and our relationships from one disciple to another, the one another's. You know, John 17, 17, Jesus says, God, your word is truth. In Isaiah 55, verse 11, God makes a promise. He says, my word will never return empty. We've we've got to speak gospel into one another's lives. We can't allow our conversations to be dominated by opinion or insights, or politics, or whatever. Those things cannot drive our interactions with each other. This is key. You know what's crazy about this? Excuse me for just a moment, sorry. What's crazy about all this is Paul did this all through adversity. He says tears. Persecution. I think this is his mentality when he writes to the Corinth church again. Uh, Let's look here. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Thank you. I think Paul realized that. I think that's, 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 that's what's on his heart as he's experienced these hardships and persecutions. What kind of hardships and persecutions did you walk in with this morning? We know about the devil lives in the car, especially on the way to church. <laughs> but even bigger than that, what are you carrying in with you this morning? What are you carrying with you throughout the week? We experience hardship. That's part of life. That's part of life. One of the most beautiful things to see is to see a young disciple. I'm I'm looking at Carly right here. And there's there's a lot of them. A young disciple. And like, man. Just like, just the purity in that. You know what I'm talking about? If you know, you know. I'll just leave it at that. If you know, you know. But we know, as you get older, as you experience more of life, those 
rocks, those obstacles, they come and they hit hard. They hit hard. You know, when we experience those hardships, those obstacles, we often refer to our defaults. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a lot of terminology we can throw in there, but basically the things you're comfortable with the most, right? The things you're comfortable with the most. This is where we got to talk about something else. This is where we got to talk about live gospel because these are two sides of a coin. Amen. Speak gospel, live gospel. We have the opportunity to live out the gospel through sacrificial living through these hardships that we experience. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about live gospel. The gospel points us to Jesus, right? Everyone should say yes. (laughs) The gospel points us to Jesus. And Jesus shows us this new way of living. And the author of Hebrews says he's, the, he's like the prototype. He's like, he's like a new kind of human that we are to become like. That's who Jesus is. He shows us how you can live in unity with God. That's why they called it, and if you've been reading in Acts, you picked up, they call it the way. This is the way, right? Not the Mandalorian, but this is the way. Living like Jesus brings the message to life. It does. So that people can witness that power. Um, If we we keep skipping, I told you we're going to be in Scripture a lot. In Acts 20, Acts 20, uh, in verses 22 uh, and 23, Paul says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not, not knowing what's going to happen to me there. Feel that. Feel that sentence. How, how many of, of us are afraid to step out into the unknown? I only know that every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Paul experienced setbacks and he suffered on behalf of the gospel, on behalf of Jesus. Jesus' testimony shows us or excuse me, Paul's testimony shows us that God will still move despite our doubts, despite the setbacks and the tasks set before us. You know, I think we often feel like a failure in living out the gospel. We often feel like a failure if we aren't receiving something back in return. I think that's just a human thing. Is it? I think... We see things as a failure if I'm not getting some sort of benefit, whether it's recognition, money, right, success, and however we define that word, right? Uh, Fun? (laughs) This isn't fun. Oh. We, I know we are, guys, we're all saying it right now. We're, guys, this is so true, but are you willing to hear that? (laughs) When you're going through the funk or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? It often feels like a failure when we aren't getting something in return. Here's the truth, guys. This is living gospel. Live gospel. The the gospel message requires sacrifice. doesn't suggest it. It's not an optional tier. You're not super Christian if you sacrifice. The gospel message requires sacrifice. And it doesn't guarantee those things. It doesn't guarantee you're going to get recognized. You're going to get money. You're going to get fun. You're going to get success, right? What does it guarantee? 
Jesus talks about this a ton. I'll point you a couple directions. You're both in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6, 33. We know this one. Seek first his kingdom, then all these things will be given to you. But what things? Shelter, clothes, food. Your provision. What you need to, to survive, to live. We're promised those things. In the Lord's Prayer, when, when Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, he says, pray for your daily bread. Pray for your daily bread. That's a nuanced thing too, okay? I'm, I'm geeking out here. Look into what daily bread means because it's, it's physical nourishment, but there's also an aspect there, the amen bread. It's a spiritual nourishment as well. It's a spiritual nourishment as well. But I think we fill in these gaps. We're like, oh, if I do A, I'm going to get B. Guys, look at Jesus' life. Look at Paul's life. What do you think is going to happen when we live gospel? There's promises that we're going to receive so much more, so much more in the age to come, so much more in family now, and so much joy. Think of James. Consider it pure joy when you face trials and temptations. There's a joy that surpasses those things, those trials, because of Jesus, because of that hope. All right, we're mixing it up, man. This is a lot. You know, in verse 24, if we go back to there in Acts 20, he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Another way that could be translated in the, in the Greek is I consider my life not worth one word. Don't even say it. Not even one word to mention about me. It's nothing. My life is nothing if I don't live out the gospel message, if I don't complete this task. Do you feel that? I need to ask, and I'm asking myself this question, right? Do I feel that? Where are you finding yourself today? Where are you finding your purpose and your value? This may be an easy Sunday question because we're all in here together. Amen. But this is a question we might reflect on later this week. Where are you finding your value and your purpose? We all have days. We all have seasons. We all have a time before Jesus, right? This is where we're at. We're finding our value and our purpose and our meaning in other things. Help me out. I want some. Inter- this, I can't help myself. I'm an interactive guy. What are some things that are easy for you to get your your value and your purpose from? Oh, just go for the jugular. Money. Titles. Money. What? Money. Money. Absolutely. Yeah. Cryptocurrency. We're gonna add that. <laughs> <laughs> Job. Love. Music. Love. Sports. Love. Lo- or the way we define love. Yeah. Status. Grades. Talk about it. This number defines you. Right? We could go out. But this, we got to do that. Ask each other that. That might be a good, hey, what are the things you find value and purpose in outside of Jesus? That's a, maybe that's a conversation starter. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Great things to share. Yes. <laughs> to all of those. Yes. So we got to have grace with each other. Amen? But we all have those days and seasons where we aren't driven by the mission. Paul's identity was rebuilt on the mission. We know who he was before. What about you? What about you? Where's your identity resting? 
Let's go to 2 Corinthians again. And the people that read the field guide and have read 1 and 2 Corinthians are like, yes! I was ready for this. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception. We do not distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is vile, it is vile to those who are perishing. The God of the sages blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves. I'll say that one more time. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. What are they saying? (laughs) They're saying that sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ means you have to renounce your own agenda. You have to renounce your own desires. And we know there's so many examples. You can still use scripture to get your way if you want to twist it. Am I wrong? You've got to renounce your own desires and you've got to hold to God's mission. It will take sacrifice of those idols, those things we mentioned and more. It's going to take sacrifice of those things in order to live out the way of Jesus. To live gospel is to continue to give and to serve others even when it doesn't benefit you. That's a hard truth. Who's going to live that out? Let's do it. That's Guys, but let me say this. That is who we are. That is who we are. Even if you didn't this morning, it doesn't matter because that is who we are. Amen? This way of living so contrary to the world. Yes. Everything is like, oh, if it's not benefiting, benefiting you, get out. If it's not helping you, get out. Yes. And I, I've been in situations uh, over just the course of the past several years where I got really good friends. And that's kind of their thing to me. They're like, hey, man, you're not getting treated right. You're like, you got to pursue something else, get out, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I kind of like the sound of that. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm just yeah. being real. <laughs> It's so contrary to the way of the world to look and see a group of people who are sacrificing and it totally doesn't benefit them. And sometimes it hurts them. Sometimes it hurts. I think Jesus calls this kind of love greater love. Doesn't he? Let's go to John 15 with me. Let's look at Jesus. We've been looking at Jesus this whole time. John 15, verse 13. Oh, I got to back up. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. 
Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's own friend. Greater love is sacrifice. Greater love is sacrifice. Just in case this isn't clear. Just in case we got a question. Let's go to Philippians. Is this too much too fast? Are we okay? Philippians chapter 2. You know where we're going. (laughs) Philippians 2, verse 5. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Does that, Paul's like, I'm nothing. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. In being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, the most shameful way. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every, every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is pretty clear. Living like Jesus, living the gospel, means you're you gotta you're gonna have to embody a sacrificial love. If there's anything we walk with on in agreement this morning, can it be that? To live like Jesus, to live out the gospel means we're going to have to sacrifice. This is the gospel love that Paul imitated, and it's from Jesus. At the beginning, I threw out a couple guiding questions. Why does this matter? Why does this matter? Something happens when we have this kind of sacrificial love. This love was so special, it got its own word in the Greek, agape. We've probably heard this word, maybe, if you've been around church or church people for any moment of time. Agape might come up. It's another bumper sticker thing you might see now. But, but the meaning is important. It's this one another love. It's a sacrificial love that's almost exclusively used with Christians. We really don't see it anywhere else in Greek literature. Think about that. This kind of love is so special and unique to a certain group of people. Why is that? Because why else would you do this? (laughs) Why else would you live this way? It doesn't benefit you all the time. You're going to have to sacrifice. God's grace is shown through sacrifice. God's grace is shown through sacrificial love. Tell me that's not true. Every time you love sacrificially, you live out the gospel, you speak gospel. Every time you do that, you're reflecting God's grace to the people around you. That's what we call being a blessing. 
what else blesses people more than to share God's grace with them? Nothing. Amen? Receiving God's grace changes our lives and our motivations. If you've received God's grace, you know what I'm talking about. It changes your life and your motivation. We have a new life in Christ. A new life. Who is in need of a new life? Where are you at right now? Where have you been? Grace enables us to have a relationship, each of us to have a relationship with God, a heart of thankfulness, and a humbled spirit before our sovereign king. We're going to take communion together and listen to a beautiful song. Please bow your heads with me and let's pray. Our Father, our Father, God, we come before you and we are humbled by your word. We're humbled by your son, Jesus, who lived on there's, there's no way we can really compare, nothing we can compare it to, God. God, I pray that as we dwell on you, on your word, on the message, Father, that you can inspire. God, I, I pray, Holy Spirit, please reveal to each one of us, reveal to us collectively where we can be your mission. Father, help us. We need you. We love you. We thank you so much for Jesus and the life he lived that we get to follow. It's in his name we pray. Amen.